Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard. Welcome to the Poofcast. This will be the last one for um, a little while. Uh, this is what was left of our last recording block. Uh, this episode, you will get to meet one of my favourite people in the entire world, Jamie Rowe. He does the breakfast show in Melbourne with Chrissy Swan and Jane Hall. Uh, and he's quite hilarious in his own right and has one of the dirtiest laughs you've ever heard. He makes me sound quite sanitary, frankly. Um, uh, also, Mother Horan will be taking us back to, well, the poofstery of one of the icons of gay culture over the last, oh my God, well, nearly 100 years. I mean, it makes me feel quite old because I'm nearly 29. Uh, Yes, we'll be discussing Judy Garland. Uh, So that is all coming up in the Poofcast this week. Uh, Just... Look, we will have something for you soon. Uh, it's just going to be a while before we can all three of us get together and uh, record things. Uh, but, you know, thank you so much, everyone, for your messages of support and, uh, you know, for being so patient during this uh, rather trying time. Mr Humphries, leave my pussy alone. Talk to me. All right, girls, one of my best girlfriends is on the phone. Oh, my God. Hi. It's Rhonda Birchmore. Oh. No, better than that. Uh, it's, it's Jazz from Preston 7 Eleven. Uh, yes. No, it's no. Jamie Rowe of Tense, or as the rest of the world knows her, Jamie Rowe. How are you, love? Hi. Hi. Can it's... we keep this busy? Like, quick, I'm really busy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Is this going to take long? <laughs> This feels like we've been putting it off for three years. And I'm I know. Finally on. I keep saying, "Do you want to do something?" You go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah," and then you, you know, you're busy with cock. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just ran out of excuses. Didn't I? <laughs> yeah. And but no, really, there's been a lot of pressure. We have literally received no letters asking. <laughs> <laughs> we we did talk about you quite a bit with uh, your workmate Chrissy Swan because you do the breakfast show with her. Yeah, in correct. Melbourne, you're my direct competition. <gasps> we shouldn't even be talking. This is like that time that that me and Husey. Oh, we've never done anything. No, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't drink. <laughs> This this would be like if um, Victoria Principal and Linda Evans had lunch. Yes. 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 Can you imagine that lunch? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can imagine that lunch. This would be a- much like our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> This would be like all over the shop and drunk. This yeah. would be like if Amy Winehouse and <laughs> and Lance Armstrong did drugs together. <laughs> because they were direct competitors. Indeed. <laughs> mine, mine, mine. <laughs> now, Gamey, you yeah. have uh, a fondness uh, for something. This is something you and Toby have in common. Oh, your love of the commercial jetliner. This is true. Are you a plane guy, Jamie? I'm massively into planes. I'm out at Tullamarine whenever I can with my little little face pushed up against the, the yeah. wire. Yeah. Taking yeah. photos of the, the LL737. <laughs> Absolutely. I've got all the apps. I actually, I actually follow three planes. I've got three of my favourite planes in the world, <laughs> and um, I've got alerts that go to my phone. So Surely? I wake up in the morning and go, oh, P-H-O-Q-F. Oh, my God. Um, is, is that an Al-Qaeda app? If I got wind of it, we'd all be stuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's called Bombogram. <laughs> just out of interest, what are your three favourite planes? 
Uh, well, I, I am fond of your 747-400. I think that's the most beautiful plane of all time. Old school. It's very old school. Um, I do like your A380. Um, mm-hmm, the yeah. glamour. Glamour girl. You, gee, she likes them big, doesn't she? She does oh, like them big. She's a size queen. <laughs> <laughs> She's a sky-size queen. <laughs> and what's your and third? Look, what's your third? It's going to be it'll be like a triple seven or something. Like Fuck a friendship. You've got to say a triple seven. Yeah, I knew, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I'm it. mad for a Boeing, but a bit of an A380 thrown in there and a bit of Airbus is, um, is, is also doesn't doing it for me, yeah. Do you know what? Airbuses are beautiful planes. They're absolutely beautiful planes. They just have that little bit extra trouble staying in the sky. <laughs> that, is, that is the only downside of an A3A, of, of an Airbus. Right. <laughs> I do a lot of travel, actually. I, I, um, one of my favourite things is to get onto a plane and, and, just, and just travel all the time. Do you get, do you get Randy on the plane? Like, does it, um, is it a sexual thing or is it purely like? Don't aesthetics? make it dirty, Adam. I don't have any of you ever been picked up on a plane. No, I was once with Scott when a not, not in that sense. When a, <laughs> although Wes was busted for explosives. At <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was actually. Yes. <laughs> he set off the explosion detector <laughs> with his secondhand bag. <laughs> That's no way to talk about Toby. <laughs> no, when Scott and I once went to, where were we going? I don't oh, even know. We're going to Sydney. Yeah. And uh, we got very drunk in a one-hour flight to Sydney <laughs> because <laughs> someone comes over and goes, oh, you work at that pub, don't you? At the q and I've been there before <gasps> to Scott. And after that, it was, it was on it's for young on. and old. It's funny that you bring up alcohol because I've got two stories and both involve Brog. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is one of you shelving one of those little bottles of Jacob's Creek? <laughs> uh, uh, one story involved uh, a friend and um, a pilot on a flight to Europe. Oh. oh. And, Surely the and pilot's the busy. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the hands on the joystick, please, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Captain it didn't end up Ralph um, Fines. It was all fine. <laughs> it wasn't grubby. Oh. The second story... Story is um is much more. The second story is much more exciting because it ends with a Qantas flight attendant saying, "An hour before we landed, you girls last night were putrid. You're the talk of business class." Oh. <laughs> wow. Matt, if if you are making a, a Qantas hostie call you putrid, yeah. Like, yeah, those girls have seen things that I don't have names for. Yeah. You know, oh my god. Oh. They're, most of them are Ray Fines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to hear that story yes, first? Yeah, yes, yes. Okay, so... Even though we've already my... heard the punchline. <laughs> carry on, carry on. So, well, my, me and my best mate and my ex were flying business to Sydney, uh, from Sydney to LA. Mm. And um, so we're in the corner of business lounge having a few drinks. Uh, when I say having a few, it's an open bar. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen Toby uh, doing laybacks with a tequila. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Domestically, it's it's all controlled, you know. But <laughs> as soon as you cross the road in international, it's 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 like Lord of the Flies. <laughs> it's on for young and old, and so it's just like, how discreetly can I pour a bottle of rum into this tiny glass? <laughs> so why is your pump it- bottle water brown? <laughs> 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 so we're giving it a nudge, and my friend he's on he's on grinder, and he's chatting to some guy who's in the first class lounge. Oh wow! 
first I, I, would, class I would never get on Grinder at an airport because I've got no intention of hooking up with some closeted CEO. It's just, uh. you know. <laughs> I don't turn on Grinder at airports because I'm on a very limited data plan. And it would waste it all. Yeah. So, so, we're, um, so he's chatting to some guy on the first class lounge and then, then we start boarding the plane and two of us are upstairs in the hump, for want of a better word, and um, and one of us is uh is downstairs, and then you know we start drinking again. We're drinking champagne, and then we take off, and then you know it's you're drinking like you're at a wedding. You know, red wine. <laughs> yeah. um, oh wow, Skytracks has voted you best wine list in the sky. Well, let's start. Let's start from the back with the cognac and work our way forward. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to order a. Uh... Page one, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have all of it, thanks. Yeah. So, um, I'll start from here and just um, wake me up when I get to the end. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so meal service happened and I, I actually don't remember that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, this is sounding a lot like the time when I was hosting that gig at the Comics Lounge and <laughs> I don't remember saying, ladies and gentlemen, please thank Will Anderson at the very end. <laughs> Which you were also complicit in. <laughs> I blocked that night out. That apparently backstage, I don't remember. Anyway. So what happens? You're eating your, your chicken or beef? Chicken well, or I don't beef. remember. It was three courses. It was like oh, God. <laughs> you could have been in economy. What would you know? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't do economy. Oh, I don't oh no. Do meat when, when, trays. when you pass out an economy, it's so uncomfortable. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, there's more room to fall in business class. <laughs> I don't want to be a battery hen eating battery hen in, in economy. I'm very good with, I do it with points. Anyway, I'd, I'd never buy, buy a business class seat. Anyway, so I wake up in the morning and. Um, is My it actual morning or is it just that arbitrary morning they decide when, when you the cross the date line? It's, it's that two hours away from landing in LA, so oh. one hour away from the from the flight attendant going, you girls are huge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wake up in was my little a, shelf. Was yeah. it a drag queen that was <laughs> ah, you, you know girls what? Are I'm huge. pretty sure I've I'm pretty sure I've seen her on Oxford Street when I was living there doing drag. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Three days in LA and a couple of days at the Oxford. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I wake up in the seat and my ex is sleeping next to me in the same seat. Oh, <laughs> oh awkward. Snoring. So and then he, he goes back downstairs and then my other friend is next to me and I go, what happened last night? <laughs> oh my and he goes, well, you know the guy that I was talking to on, on Grindr and in, um, <laughs> when, we're, when we're in Sydney, I went, yes. He goes, well, he's actually sitting two rows back in the emergency exit. Oh, my God. I went, oh, my God. He you wing back him. You wing back <laughs> <laughs> I said, what happened? He said, um, well, we were talking and the next thing I know, we were just Pashing each other. And I went, <laughs> oh my god! And and then what happened? And goes well. It ended with a tap on the shoulder from a flight attendant going, "Excuse me, sir, but can you stop? It's really inappropriate." <laughs> <laughs> can you put your penis back in your pants, please, yeah. sir? <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Can you please stop? It's really inappropriate and kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> can you please stop that? I wanted to get on her. Mm. <laughs> and that was it. Next thing oh I know, oh my go, god, oh. you were putrid. 
Pierre Yeager's a Pietro. So oh, how, I'm not proud of that. So how did you end up with your cockpit in the cockpit? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you got told off by Sandy Skymore. That is not... That's live. No, that, no, the pilot was on a different flight. Right. Oh, 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 right. Yeah. So what happened in that one? I still um, don't understand how the pilot wasn't actually, you know, doing his job. Well, there's autopilot. There's time for a bit of pinky-pinky. Yeah, pinky. They can move around. Oh. Yeah, they can. But, um, no, that was on a different flight to Europe. Very boring. I just woke up and from, and then my friend next to me was, was talking to the pilot. And what's going on there? He goes, oh, we we're talking in the galley. And he's just giving me his number. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that is bizarre. Wow. And they, yeah, they've been talking a lot. And I went, so, oh, that's, that's good. Because you get benefits from yeah. from a pilot. So what I'm, what I'm getting here, Jamie, is that you travel with a whole lot of sluts a lot. <laughs> you are spot on, Scott. Yeah. So me next time. I can't wait to see what you get have up you, to. Have you ever joined the Mile High Club, Mr. Ryan? No. I'm, no. No. <laughs> you say, no. You're saying no. A little too readily and quickly. Like, Nor have I done it with a cab driver. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, You're the anti you know I've learnt a lot from your podcasts over the years. I have no idea about that. Oh, my God. Until, you, you, until I, 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 get up, I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and I, all last year when I moved to Melbourne, I was getting lifts to work mm. with a producer and then this year she's moved so I've had to get cabs to work. I live in Fitzroy just off Smith Street. So I'm getting taxis at like 4.30 in the morning. Down Smith Street? Yeah. Oh, oh. what unholy horrors. Oh, that is <laughs> Yeah, 4.30 I would... in the morning. Like I, I, for, the, for the first three, it took me three weeks, then I cottoned on. I just went, why Why is the same six European-looking guys <laughs> dripping in gold smelling like Fahrenheit? Now I went, oh! You know, because they're trying, they, what they, their plan is to get their cock sucked by someone who's been wandering the halls of Club 80 and yeah. no luck for the last three hours. Desperate. Yeah. <laughs> So are you, you know, every time you get a cab, it's like, oh, I don't pay for cabs. I just do it on points. <laughs> <laughs> See, so I've just had an idea. Hold everything. Hold everything. Yeah, Put right. Jamie on hold. I've had a great idea. The first million dollars, right, right. is hookup industries. Imagine how popular an all-hookup airline would be. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh, my God. Imagine an airline that had, like, some internal grinder <laughs> server going. Oh, yes. <laughs> and you had, like, twink class and bear class. <laughs> And oh my god. Happily partnered just flying for chats class. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it would be? And you'd still have those fucking battle axes that work on Qantas. <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. women just pushing the trolley down, popping, and she'd go, thirty six D is asked if you're available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd, yeah. it'd be like the old telegraph system. Instead of sending yeah. messages, the old uh, Qantas battle axes had come down. Yes. Oh, I caught a flight oh, once God. with Joel Creasy, and I just kept sending him messages. You could send messages oh, between to the seats. seats. Yeah, and he was trying to watch a movie, and I just kept going, "Can't." <laughs> <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> Stop watching the movie and talk to me, a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Gamey Row of Tents. It's been delightful. That's a pleasure. Oh. I don't think I, th- I don't think I'll ever come in though. I think I've just got this wonderful vision of you all just sitting around in like I don't know, like a. It's very long... uncomfortable broadcasting in a thong. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. No, I've just got this vision of you in like inside Genie's bottle and sunken lounge. And- <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, we're almost one litre bottles of Amel and, you know. <laughs> we're in a conversation pit, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes. Look, it's been a pleasure and um, thanks for having me. Thank you. Anytime, <laughs> darling. Thank you for your lovely mid-air story. Yes. <laughs> Happy landings, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Australia is home to over 20 million people, literally some of whom are poofs. Poofs are a natural part of modern life, but like firearms, if mishandled, can cause irreparable damage and steal your good champagne. This summer, stop, think, be poof aware. Scenario. If your poof appears tired and listless, they may require some special care. Adam, are you okay? Research suggests the average gay man can go no longer than four days without watching another man, dressed as a woman, pretend to sing. If your poof is lethargic or appears depressed, he may simply be suffering from drag withdrawals. Come on, Adam. Because of you. Because of you, yeah. I'm the safe side, so I don't get hurt. Because of you. Scott, it's just too much. He's out of control. Scott, it's out of control. I had sex with a vagina. Stop, think, be poof aware. Be poof aware. Leave early or stay in exfoliate. All right, it's time for the poofstery, Scott. Hello, mother. Ah, very excited. So lovely to be here again. It's lovely to have you here. Trying to ignore Toby waving at us from the other side of the glass. Yeah. Yeah, We've only got three microphones. Yeah. (laughs) It's what I've told him anyway. It's so refreshing not having him in here. I know. Look, it's like. Odious thing. It's good that that you said boundaries with him. (laughs) Yeah. Because well, what he did before was wrong. I he, know, it was inappropriate. We have to send him to Naughty Corner sometimes. <laughs> yes. Well, it's because, you know, because he hasn't done grunty in a really long time, I think that part of his personality is is reintegrating. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like a multiple personality person. Yes. <laughs> so what have you what have you dusted off in your big book today well, in the, in the lo- sistery? <laughs> I was looking over everything that I've done uh, for you guys uh, in this checkered career. <laughs> um, and a boy. Check it. Uh, that's the word. Um, <laughs> well, you can the, check it off your list. Ah! I, re- I realised <laughs> that there was something really glaringly missing. And also, too, something that if you are a young gay out there in the scene today, mm. that you probably have no concept of why this is. Well, mm. we have a lot of young gays that listen, and we're yes. sorry. Yes. yes. <laughs> so are you so, saying that this might actually be useful for this the This may gays? be for the so. All right, strap yourselves in, listeners. This is the first time this has ever happened. I'm going to loosen my harness. So basically, I I think it's important that we answer the important question, why Judy? Why Judy? Why Judy? Judy Garland, for those of you that aren't aware. (laughs) Because I was recently um, uh, talking to a young gay gentleman and... um, uh, who said, I don't get Judy Garland at all. And I said, it's kind of a bit after my time as well, but the importance of Judy Garland as a gay icon is enormous. Well, because yeah. when I was a little yes. kid, I was obsessed with Liza because yeah. my nan had a Liza record and I would play it incessantly. <laughs> and, well, there's The Wizard of Oz, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all yeah. get a bit of Judy from that. Judy oh, yeah. My, my gay uncle, uh, who would be God... 
almost 80 now. 29. Were, were he alive? Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, loved Judy Garland. Yeah. And I grew up with this kind of thinking, okay, I know she's really important, but I have actually no reason to figure out. To, to actually, yeah. No one ever tells you, oh, this is why she's important. Anyway. Isn't it because she married a gay man and had a, cure, <laughs> had a, had a daughter, Liza? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Who married a gay man? She married two gay men. Yeah. Which, is one, which is one of the great placards that's been used in the same sex <laughs> marches. If Liza Minnelli can marry a gay man, why can't I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I think it's important that we answer the question, why is Judy Garland important? Well, I'm kind of, I've thought of this too. I, I it's known, a really it's, weird It's thing. hard to tell with a lot of kind of gay icons. Yes. Yeah. I always, well. like for me, yeah. my interpretation of it has always been that Judy is the epitome to me of the on stage off stage yeah. drama yeah yeah yes. like it's there, and and there's tragedy. no line yeah <laughs> and i think that's a really important key to it and i think also to judy garland as i'll explain is a really good example of how a whole lot of things just converge and are projected mm-hmm. onto her and in different countries she means different things but she's one of those people that the kind of last woman standing in gay yes. iconography mm. things get projected onto it but anyway oh Talk about three kind of things that why Judy may be important. Um, so for you, those of you who don't know, Judy Garland, uh, enormous film star of the 30s, 40s and 50s in particular. She was in Wizard of Oz. She was a very famous drunk. She was yes. an important TV star in the uh, late 50s, early 60s. And she died in 1969, which is a very important kind of time mm-hmm. in gay history. Um, well, the date oh, of her death yes. is one of the most important yes. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get and that's a that. really interesting historical point. But anyway, yeah. so... The th- the thing is about Judy Garland, it's not a a, um, a post mortem thing. She, at the time, mm. she was a gay icon, right? And I found a really interesting um, Time magazine uh, article from 1967, two years before her death. Now, Time magazine, which has been famously homophobic throughout its history, uh, <laughs> and this is a really good example, right? Um, it talked about there was a. This is quite a major article that they did, and one of the most ma- uh, first kind of mainstream articles about gays and things. Yeah. Anyway, and it was basically off the back of a review of Judy Garland at the Palais Theatre. She, she was drunk? making a bit of a comeback. Yeah, yeah. she was making a comeback, <laughs> and it was all kind of thing. But, but she was good when she was drunk. She was. Oh, yeah. oh no, Great. my grandmother used to swear black and. That it was one of the most disappointing experiences of her life. Yeah. She went to see her in Melbourne and she yeah. was like, she could barely speak. Right. Like she was yeah. slurring so much. It was, it was like seeing Fiona Rolockman geek or before she <laughs> or talking got back on the wagon. Or, or, yeah. or one of ours. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, she was so upset because, wow. you know, it's on the other side of the world yeah. waiting for decades to see this yeah. woman and it was all. Yeah. Oh. So when she was, but during this, the review of this thing from Time magazine, is read it. The reviewer is some very uptight gentleman, and basically <laughs> called. And the thing he said in the audience, he was a disproportionate part of her nightly clack seems to be homosexual. <laughs> the description is an ecstatic young man in tight trousers prancing down the aisles to toss bouquets of roses, roll their eyes and tear at their hair, practically levitate from their seats during Garland's performances. Oh, wow. So this is 1967. And, wow. so, and it's really interesting. That's hey, what I was like when I went to see Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's like me at a Rufus concert. Um, <laughs> the so basically at uh, but Time Magazine goes on to they 
to broaden out the article, mm. they approached psychiatrists to figure out why oh, this was important. Oh, and was homosexuality still a mental illness then? Yeah, it was yeah. still a mental right. illness. So, of course, you go to a psychiatrist to explain anything gay. <laughs> and Time Magazine says, and this is quite interesting, the attraction to Garland might be made considerably stronger by the fact that she has survived so many problems. Homosexuals identify with that kind of hysteria. <laughs> And that Judy has been beaten up by life, embattled, and ultimately had become more masculine. She oh. had the power that homosexuals would like to have, and they attempt to attain it by idolizing her. Oh. Now, that's really homophobic yeah, and dodgy. That is, but yes. within it is a really interesting point of the identifying with Judy because she went through so much. Yeah. Now, she had these failed... Yes. Um, and she also, she was a public drunk, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her TV show, which was very huge, and YouTube this because it's also, too, in Hilarious. terms of... Landmark in terms of variety TV. She was drunk and on fistfuls, fistfuls of barbiturates. Primitive well, wasn't she, wasn't she kind of force-fed amphetamines yeah. when she was a teenager because yeah. they wanted to keep her small because she was a, yeah. you oh, know, wow. she was she was quite a popular, you know, child actress. And yeah. so, like, when she did The Wizard of Oz, like, that was when she was doing all those Mickey Rooney films yes. and she was a big deal. And so they, like, she was hooked from the age yeah. of about 14, 15 because of the studios. And that they were diet to pills too at the time. Yeah, that, yeah um, right. Because early barbiturates, um, uh, in particular, the really kind of zingy ones, mm. um, uh, um, which were legal at the time. <laughs> which were legal at the time. W.H. Auden, by the way, the greatest poetry of his career, which is probably the greatest poetry of the 20th century, was basically done on vodka and these diet pills. Yeah. That's an aside. I miss diet oh. pills. I yeah. do. But anyway, so... <laughs> well, basically some of our worst gigs and poofcasts have been done <laughs> on, diet, on pills. diet pills and vodka. Um, <laughs> so basically there was an identification with the fact that she was really tragic. Also, early in her career, when she was in The Wizard of Oz and a child actor and coming through, she was considered to be quite plain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. She was not a pretty, she wasn't like a Shirley Temple cute. Mm. She was a really plain girl who then gets beaten about by all of these sort of things in her life, mm. gets hooked on booze and pills. And then, so in the 60s and 50s, when you're a gay man and you're looking to mass culture to identify with someone, she's kind of reflecting your own life. Yeah, And we can look down on that right now. And if you're a Gen Y person, you're kind of going, what? But to those guys in the 50s and 60s, where you, she, were... you didn't see yourself anywhere. Yes. She was really, really important. And also, too, one of the um, things that's always been pointed out by film critics is that in The Wizard of Oz, um, her relationship with the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion, who describes himself as sissy, um, <laughs> uh They're not not the three butchest men you've ever met. No. (laughs) But also, too, they immediately become a community and they get on with it. Yeah. And film uh, critics have always pointed out that she's someone who accepted these people and then led them and they got on with it. And she was a fag hag. Apparently in the first draft of that film, she was going to be driving them down the yellow brick road in a Corolla. (laughs) 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 
<laughs> the Emerald City was the peel. She was <laughs> disappointing. She was always also. She was always aware of how popular she was. Yeah. She said just before she died, "When I die, I have visions of fags singing over the rainbow and the flag at Fire Island being flown at half mast." Uh, <laughs> Which I imagine it was. It yeah. was wrong, I reckon. You know what? I always knew about her, even when I was a little kid. Before I even identified as being yeah. gay, was the that the thing she did that no one else did at the time was like it, it was it was something about when she first sang Over the Rainbow yeah. for the soundtrack for Wizard of Oz before she went to mime it in the movie um, that she was like I'm, I just don't know if I can sing this I'm having the shittest day you know she was not yeah. really having a good time and they and the director went sing it sing that like if you can't like don't hide it don't don't yeah. damp that down mm-hmm. just let that out and that's why there's that you know that's so it's so defeated at the start but then it so rises to that hopeful yeah. belting oh, and also too that was a very unpopular thing to do in Hollywood yeah you weren't time. allowed to let your emotions you weren't allowed to be emotional mm. and that was another thing here is this person on screen letting out their emotions when you're a repressed gay man and you can't yes. you kind of think oh good on you yeah you can you can make you can you know you can be the person and we've and always al- wanted to be. This also explains that early fixation with torch singers, yeah, like the Judy Londons, the Cat, um, mm. Eartha Cats, and all of those people. If you look at a gay man's um, record collection of that time, yes, it's all that kind of over emotive well, song. Yeah, and it's because you can have emotions, but I can't. Yeah. yeah, but I guess it's that kind of double thing that it's that the glamour of it all, yeah. and you know the the success and the glamour and how wonderful it all yeah. looks, plus that pain being yeah. represented, which is kind of what. You know, the, yeah. I guess the guys at that time were. Well, she knew for. she knew what a ha- you know yeah. have Hollywood glamour was, and she you could see that she was the person behind the mask, etc. Et yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, now uh, other interesting things about her that's more important is the phrase "friend of Dorothy." Mm. Yes. Now this is a very contentious phrase, and it's considered generally that it is about Judy Garland. Right. So basically, the idea, the very um, in the. 60s in particular, um, in the 50s and 60s, you would, uh, if you were call, if you were to say, is someone gay? You'd say, yes, they're a friend of Dorothy. Mm. And that was a good, very important, and also worldwide code word yeah, yeah, for yeah. it's being gay. Now, there are conflicting, a number of quite conflicting um, things. It's assumed to be Judy Garland, but it came into the first usage of this is just, uh, just before World War II. Right. And 1933 was Wizard of Oz. So it kind of keeps him with that mm. time. Mm. But also Dorothy Parker. It's ascribed to Dorothy Parker, a uh, famous wit. Um, yeah, all her friends. Were and mm. she knew, yeah, and basically because <laughs> she knew everyone. So basically, and ah, a lot of right. people still defend that. Mm. And it was a very high society, British, um, American kind yeah. of, you know, friend of Dorothy. But another interesting um, theory, which is kind of um still held, especially in certain parts of New York, is a woman called Dorothy Kilgallen. Now, she was a journalist, a kind of showbiz journalist in early 60s. So like what I do. Very similar. Are you a friend of Adam's? No. No. I hate that bitch. Oh, you're gay. Yeah, Yeah, the word friend of Adam is a really rare phrase. Yeah. Um, But Dorothy Kilgallen, it's really interesting. In, In the 60s, it was then ascribed to her that if you're a friend, she hang out with a lot of gay men. Yeah. If you're a friend, you're a fr- friend of hers. But she met a very interesting end. She died in 1969 in very weird circumstances. And that's because she wanted to branch out from um, 
uh, showbiz celebrity. So mm. she interviewed Jack Ruby, who oh. was the guy oh. that shot Lee Harvey Oswald. Yes. Yeah. Now, she claims that she had a transcript of a conversation with Jack Ruby when no one else was looking at the trial. She got him, apparently got some information off her, mm. him, and died quite soon after. Oh. And it's a very interesting thing. And once again, her funeral was massive. Yeah. Very huge gay event. Mm. So Lots the, of flowers. So the yeah, friend of Dorothy's there. So those are the three competing. Wow. Lots there. of Dorothy's. But the final thing with uh, Judy Garland is the funeral. Of mm. course. Now, a lot of people have said that the Stonewall riots, which are considered the birth of modern mm. gay activism, mm. were partly because of Judy's uh, funeral, which had been just before. Mm. Mm. Um, now, gay historians in uh, uh, around the world have often said, well, these two things were, you know, Judy died, therefore we're going to break out and become new gays. Mm. This is hysteria. Mm. And <laughs> a lot of um, uh, people who were there at the Stonewall riots have always said, no, it wasn't that. Oh, no see, one was playing. I love that story. No I one was it. playing. And also, too, there's a, in the the film, you know, they're yes. playing Judy on the jukebox. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I thought I thought it was one of those things where the police came in and raided it, you know, which they did for yeah. Like, yeah. every three months. And they went, that is they, it. They went, yeah. not today. <laughs> not today. And one of the guys who was at the um, Stonewall riot said, um, uh, we were not the type to moon over Judy Garland records or attend her concerts at Carnegie Hall. We were more preoccupied with where we were going to sleep and where our next meal could come from. Aww. So basically, um, but apparently where uh, Judy Gar- friend of uh, Judy Garland was, um, the Stonewall pub was a bottle club. It wasn't actually didn't have an official bar. Ah. So we, you had to sign in. And oh, right. When you signed in, usually you put Judy Garland. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. so that is a myth, but a nice myth. A nice myth. And the final one about Judy Garland is the rainbow flag. Because mm-hmm. somewhere over the rainbow yes. and then oh, the yes. rainbow flag that yes. becomes part of thing. This is Which is a ridiculous choice because it goes with nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But makes a really neat vest. Yeah, doesn't heavy it? set lesbian. Yes. <laughs> and this it's is very generally... slimming. It's the vertical stripe. <laughs> yes. And look, it's generally Get that indigo bit. I look really fat in indigo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, purple is not our. No, no, it's someone else's. Mm. Um, so yeah, so generally, yeah, generally it is ascribed. But generally, the the rainbow flag means all sorts of different people are mm. included, sort of thing. And it is generally. Related to mm. somewhere over the rainbow, and what I mean, the lyrics of "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" basically say, it, "I know it feels like shit where you are now, yeah. but, but over yes. the rainbow, yeah, it, you know, bluebirds fly, yeah, you know, yeah, which apparently they do. They yes. so um so basically, there you are, Judy Garland. That's, wow, that's why, especially in the sixties and seventies and fifties, she was so important. She kind of was a bit of a lightning rod for all of these things. Mm. It's all it's fading amazing, now. Yeah, how many ways she kind of influenced? Yeah, 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 yeah. Us, really. Yeah, and it's it's odd that you. Um, that she's got, it's fading now because basically there's no real use for that kind of support and all mm. that kind of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, um, 
she was quite extraordinary what she did. And whilst a lot of her stuff is not my cup of tea, YouTube her TV show. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. Um, yeah. uh, and if you want to see the gayest thing in the world, the Barbara Streisand duet. Oh, oh no, no, we're no beyond Merman. that, Ethel Merman, <laughs> Judy Garland, Bar- Barbara Streisand, oh where God. Barbara looks terrified. Yeah. <laughs> Barbara looks scared of these terrible yeah. divas. Ethel yeah, Merman yeah. forgets that she's singing with two other people and just starts saying, It's hilarious. It is seriously one of the most uh, every time I see that. the aliens from Mars attack, I miss it so There's a bit in it where um she where the like she's saying, I hear you doing Broadway <laughs> and Barbara's like, Yeah, I'm doing a show called Funny Girl. <laughs> she's like, Who wrote it? <laughs> and she goes, it's, a, it's Julie Stein. She goes, Oh! He wrote Gypsy! <laughs> you know, I was in Gypsy forever! <laughs> like, she can't even she can't even speak without screaming. <laughs> Apparently the bitch couldn't hold a tune to save herself, but uh, you could hear her could hear in her. the theatre next door. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. You could, she was notorious for it. You could hear her from the street when she was on Broadway. There's no business with, like that. With no microphone. Like but maybe we'll try and find the link to that YouTube. I and, will, um, I will put, we'll it, put on. it on the no, website. It's hilarious. It is horrific. No, no coward said of um, uh, <laughs> Ethel Merman. Uh, Ethel Merman, the sound of demolition. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, no? <laughs> Anyway, oh. so it was a long one, but there you are, Judy Garland. Oh. But she is fading away. But. Um, she, she can't was once fade away. She was once very important, and yes. we should uh, respect that. I bought I bought the the DVD of the TV show for my nan, and we yeah. sat there and watched it for like a whole day. Fuck, it's funny. Oh, wow. When she would always hit the, have a tea party. Yes. <laughs> which she would sort of wink as if to say, there's no yeah, tea yeah, in this no pot. Tea in this. <laughs> it's just gin. Let's, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go make tea. Should we, yeah, let's yeah, have a tea let's party. Let's have a tea party. <laughs> Thanks, Mother Horan. Righto. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thanks so much. That was the Poofcast. We will be with you, uh, look, hopefully within the next month or two. But, uh, you know, don't hold your breath. Because you'll pass out from lack of oxygen. Oh, you know, maybe you'll stop eating and get quite thin. (laughs) 